This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Welcome back. Today, we have a Q&A. Have some great questions, as always. Let's go ahead and hop right into it. So, first question came from my membership site. How do you get your clients to change their eating behaviors? All right, so first and foremost, it really depends on where the client is coming from. So like always that classic, it depends answer, but I'm gonna do you better than that. Don't worry. So I'm just gonna take you through basically what I would take a client, like the progression I would take a new client through to go from beginner to more advanced with all of this. So to start out, I like to focus on what we call dietary displacement. So basically, instead of focusing on taking foods away, like telling clients, okay, I see you're eating a lot of this food, a lot of this food, stop that. We're not gonna do that. We wanna focus on first and foremost, and usually I like to just start with one behavior at a time, just adding like, okay, so, we see that, let's say you look through the client's food log and you see that, okay, they're not eating veggies, they're not eating protein, they're eating way too many calories. If right away we hit them with, here's all these things you need to change. And here we're talking in the context of somebody that's a relative beginner to all this. If right away we say, here's all these things you need to change, go. That client is not very likely gonna be able to adhere to all of this. So what we need to do is just look at one thing. What's the low hanging fruit, the single thing that we can get the most bang for our buck from? And I'll tell you right out of the gate, it's usually adding protein to one meal. So what I'll do is I'll look through the client's food log because I always have you do a nutrition assessment before you start coaching with me. I'll look through your food log and I'll see, okay, and honestly, it's usually breakfast. Okay, breakfast, it looks like they're pretty low protein. So for that client, I'll lay out, hey, here's, five different options for protein. Which of these sounds the easiest for you to add in? Or if you have anything else, like you can think of a protein-dense food that you would rather add, go ahead and hit me with that suggestion and we'll see if that's something that'll work here. It's also very important to give your clients autonomy to where they're the ones that are making the decisions. As coaches, we're just the guide. Like it's really our clients that are doing all this. Your job as a coach isn't to tell people what to do, it's to help them get out of their own way. So. Autonomy, and we could get into self-determination theory here also, but basically autonomy is very important. Giving people the ability to make their own decisions, not just prescribing them, here's what to do, go. Okay, so anyways, starting with something like protein. So from there, give that a week or two, they probably have that mastered. And then we'll say, okay, like let's look at the next meal. And we're just increasing that gradually to the point where the client has hit their protein goal at each meal. Now the dope thing about this is, as they add more protein, then they are eating fewer, more calorically dense, less filling foods. So over time, we're reducing their calories without them actually feeling like, like they're just focusing on eating more. They're focusing on adding more protein. Not once yet have we gone into, okay, we're gonna start taking all these foods out of your diary because I don't want you to eat these. So. That's a big win for the client right out of the gate. From there, basically, I work through all their meals and maybe a snack or two 
until they're pretty close to where I want them for protein. Now this also depends on the context of the client, how much weight they have to lose. So like if it's somebody that's say 300 pounds, I'm not gonna have them eating 300 grams of protein. So any, typically it's anywhere from 0.6 to one grams of protein per pound of body weight is about where I want that client. And then we'll start to focus on other things like, okay, would it be easier for you? Or once we're in a decent range with protein, then we'll focus on, okay, now would it be easier for you to add more protein or starting a veggie at two meals a day? Like a fist-sized portion of veggies at two meals a day. All we're doing here again, displacement. So we're getting them focused on the two most filling foods per calorie, protein and fibrous carbs. And honestly, I think as far as changing eating behaviors goes, that's the most important thing, focusing on very satiated foods, getting your clients habitually eating or very satiated foods. Because the reality is you could give somebody macros, like I hate to eat fat loss macros right now. And if you're just eating, let's say Twinkies and protein shakes, you could hit your macros maybe, but you can still lose fat as long as you practice a lot of willpower. But Neither of those foods are very filling at all. Protein, despite protein shakes, despite being protein, which is another consideration here, still digest very quickly. So as far as protein sources go, they're far from the most filling, but you get the point here. This is allowing you to hit your macros, but I give you macros. You can stick to those. You could get shredded, but you would be very, very, very hungry. So if we don't teach clients how to change their food choices to focus on more satiated foods, then eventually they're gonna to have to cave to that hunger because when your willpower runs out, damn, I'm really, really hungry, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to stick to this. So long-term, changing how people eat, focusing on satiated foods is the most important thing. That's why my clients crush it so much. Food satiety is something that I focus on a huge amount. I literally go through my fitness health diary and say, okay, I see we're craving foods here, so let's add some of this, let's add some protein here, maybe we can add some more fiber here. Just little simple things truly make a huge difference here. All right, next question. What do you do when stuck in a cycle of overeating and then trying to compensate by keeping calories very low? So here, first and foremost, stop trying to compensate. So some of my clients I do have, like if a client goes over on the weekend, I allow them to, say you go 200 calories over. I allow that client to push and pull calories is what I call this. So basically your weekly caloric total makes a lot more difference than the disparity day to day. So if you eat, if you eat 3000 calories across the course of two days or 1500 calories across every day for a week, let's say it doesn't matter if you eat 1500 calories every day of the week or five days of the week you eat 1,500 calories, one day a week you eat 1,300 calories, the other day of the week you eat 1,700 calories. You'll still hit the same weekly calorie total and still get very, very, very similar results. So for some of my clients that like a more flexible lifestyle, which is a lot of my clients, we do allow that. But the thing is, if you're stuck in this pattern of overcompensating or like trying to compensate, overeating and then trying to compensate, this is a great example of where it's not a good time to try to do that. So usually what's going on here is first and foremost, you overeat and then you feel guilty about overeating. So shit, I gotta make up for this tomorrow. So if you went way over, like let's say 
800 to 1,000 calories. So the next day, okay, I am going to reduce my calories to make up for that. So here, the next day, you might be able to do that. Like maybe you can drop your th- drop down and eat like only 1,000 calories. But then the following day, you're going to be super, super hungry again. And you're going to put yourself in a very similar situation to where you were that caused you to overeat in the first place. So this very quickly turns into a vicious cycle. And I typically tell clients, like we never are compensating by, when we do this, we're never decreasing by like 600 to 1,000 calories. It's always like, okay, it's okay to pull a couple hundred calories here for maybe the next two days. So maybe for like the next two to three days, you drop by 100 to 150 calories. Not a huge difference. You won't notice a huge increase in hunger there. But again, I wouldn't recommend this at all if you're somebody that's struggling with this as a constant cycle only if you have a very healthy relationship with food so in this case the best thing you can do is just get back on track like don't try to compensate at all let's say your macro goal is or your calorie goal is 1800 calories and yesterday you ate 2800 calories don't try to reduce it today literally just eat 1800 calories get full eat plenty of food Focus on your food choices. That's another big one here that I'll go into in just a second. Focus on your food choices and just get back on track. Because if you under eat, again, to try to make up for this, this cycle is just gonna keep repeating itself. And over and over, you're gonna keep putting yourself in this situation where you're really damn hungry, you have low willpower, and then you're more likely to overeat again. So don't don't beat yourself up about it, just move on. Just try to hit your nutrition targets the next day absolutely don't try to compensate for it. And again, food choices are very, very important here. So with clients that I've worked with that are struggling with issues like this in the past, one of the most common things I've found is one, they don't typically eat a lot of whole meals. So basically clients that struggle with this a lot are often eating like a lot of protein bars and just different little snacky type foods, like maybe an almond snack pack. Little (laughs) nothing against almond snack packs or protein bars but just anecdotally what i've seen little things like that just spread throughout the day that aren't actually very filling whereas if we focus on like i talked about whole foods meals eating a whole filling meal consistent meal times throughout the day and that's another thing that helps too is just consistently eating because when we when we eat consistently at the same time every day we train our body to be hungry at those specific times throughout the day. Whereas if our meals are always spread all over, if like when we eat is always spread all over across the course of the day, then our hunger signals are also going to constantly be kind of haywire throughout the day. Now there, I don't have a ton of scientific evidence to back that up. That's just something I've noticed an anecdote, just getting people on a more structured eating routine as far as meal times helps a ton, but I do think with your circadian rhythm, with the chrononutrition research that's coming out lately, this does make a lot of sense because our body, literally all the signals within our body are on a biological rhythm. We kind of have this body clock, so to speak. And one of the most important things that trains all these different rhythms within our body, hunger being one of those, is when we ingest nutrients. So it makes sense that if you eat at the same times every day, you would get hungry at the same times every day. We can kind of train our body to always get hungry at the same time and not at other other times. I've also talked with a lot of clients that this was completely flipped on its head from working years of working the night shift and then 
when they switched to working during the day, so they'd always eat at night also. They weren't hungry during the day, but would literally wake up in the middle of the night starving, which is super interesting. But anyways, look at your food choices. Make sure you're focusing on very filling foods, 80-90% very filling foods that are hard to overeat. If you're eating lots of whole foods, lots of protein, lots of fiber-dense carbs, it is going to be so much harder for you to overeat. Whereas even like all these quote-unquote health foods, again, like protein bars or like fat bombs, all kinds of like the keto paleo community has lots of things like this that are actually, they're promoted as health foods, but they're actually super high calorie and easy to overeat, which doesn't necessarily make them healthy or unhealthy. Nothing to do with their nutrient density, but they are easier to overeat. So make sure that you're focusing on very satiated foods. And then finally, look for specific events, emotions, or environments that are triggering your eating. So this is another thing I often talk about with clients that have struggled with this. So, and this really goes back to the environment design podcast that I talked or that I shared on Monday, but one, you can really look to make foods that you're struggling to overeat harder to access. So I'm guessing there are specific foods when you're eating that you're overeating. So how can you make those a little bit harder to access? So if it's, let's say ice cream, because that's one of the most common examples. If it's, you struggle with overeating ice cream, but you always have it readily available in your freezer, you're probably going to continue to struggle to overeat ice cream until you don't bring it in your house. So like I've talked about many times before on this podcast, it's important with foods like that to make it like, yo, it's okay to get some ice cream. And this is exactly what I tell you as a client. Like I will literally show you how to work that into your nutrition plan for the day. And we can still make it work with your goals, but we're not gonna have it in your house. Let's you go to Dairy Queen and just pick up like a medium sized ice cream. And here's how you make it work in your macros. Dope, you had that, no harm done, but you also regulated the portion size that you had to have because you literally just ordered it in this smaller cup. So we know you can't overdo it. And again, no harm done. But then going back to specific emotions that are triggering this, something that helps here is like often with clients that struggle with this too, will realize that it's a specific emotion that usually leads to overeating. For example, you're angry at somebody at work or something I talked about with one of my clients recently here is feeling undervalued at work would often lead to him overeating. So there we set up if then statements. So basically the idea here is if I encounter, you make a deal with yourself. If I encounter blank, which could be an environment or an emotion. So basically if I encounter the feeling of feeling undervalued at work, then I first do blank before doing anything else. So a lot of different things we've used here is like, some clients I've had, you wear a rubber band around your wrist and you stab yourself. Sometimes it's go for a two to three minute walk or go for a walk around the block. Sometimes it's journal or do box breathing. Take a deep breath in for a five count, hold it for a five count, exhale for a five count. And I give clients a lot of autonomy again as far as like what specifically the action that follows the event is. But this helps a ton for you to really again, bring this to the forefront of your consciousness. It's not just something that automatically happens. Overeating isn't. So if I encounter feeling undervalued at work, then I first take five deep breaths before I do anything else. And just taking some time to consciously process that really brings a lot of awareness to what you're feeling. 
And often also will help you realize like, hey, I'm about to overeat, but I don't need to do that to deal with this. Like, I feel good with what I'm doing right now. So if then statements help a ton with that also. So from my experience with clients, those are my recommendations. And really, truly, food quality helps a ton focusing on satiating foods. I can't emphasize that enough, I guess, as the theme of this podcast. That is one of the biggest things is just focusing on very filling foods. Like truly, it's such a simple thing, but such a life-changing thing for most people. All right, final question. I am really struggling with meal prep. Help. Okay, I got you. So this is another super common one I get when, especially when people start, just not having any idea how to meal prep. Now, I was just emailing a client about this. I do truly think that meal prep is one of the most important things for most people Everybody I know that's stayed sustainably lean, meal prep is just a habit. It's not something you do like, okay, I'm going to get in great shape, so I'm going to keep meal prepping, and then you stop once you get super lean. Like Very, very few people I know can just wing it with their food and stay lean. So I was literally just emailing a client this yesterday. I see that as meal prep is almost like rent you pay for the increased confidence you get from maintaining a lean body. Because the reality is, like, how I see it, across the course of a week, most of our meals we eat through our work days, we literally don't even think about. We don't take time to enjoy them. There's a couple meals across the course of a week that you really, really enjoy. So in that case, that's when, like, you go out to restaurants, whatever, with your wife, your significant other, your family, you're present, you really enjoy them. Those meals probably don't want to be meal prep meals. Maybe you're at home cooking, again, maybe at a restaurant, but the other meals of the week, you're literally at work, you're stressed out, you're exhausted. You literally just want to eat, but you're not really even thinking about it. You're not really enjoying it. You're just eating because you have to eat. So for those meals, it doesn't make sense to not meal prep. It saves you money. It saves you time across the course of the week and you're getting healthier. Like your lunch at work, if you're thinking about work, you're probably working on a work project as you're eating it. Are you really gonna take more benefit from like going and picking up fast food or ordering in like some Jimmy John's than you would just bring in some meal prep from home? No, so it makes more sense to do this. So kind of a rant, but I think that's an important thing for people to understand. Really meal prep, again, saves you time across the week. Okay, so getting into meal prep, which as you can probably tell, is something that I do push most of my clients to do. It's something I've done myself for a long time. And truly for me, it was one of the biggest difference makers in finally achieving the body that I wanted. Okay, I promise that random diet drive is over. So first and foremost, when you're gonna meal prep, you wanna choose how many days per week you're gonna prep and establish these ahead of time. Just like everything else, if you don't plan this shit out and have a consistent time that you're gonna be doing it, if you just, okay, I'm going to meal prep sometime this week. You're not going to meal prep this week. So choose one to two, maybe three if you really need to cook a lot, like you don't want your food to be old at all. But I'd recommend one to two days a week that you're going to prep ahead. Choose a specific date, specific time. From there, choose your macro sources. So basically, when I start nutrition clients, this is how we set it up. I send you a nutrition guide. Here's a list of good sources of protein, carbs, fats, 
and then veggies, which are technically a carb source, but I want to make sure we put lots of emphasis on those. So I split them up in extra. So I want you to look at this list, pick two to four foods that you'd like out of each category. Or again, if you can think of other sources for each of these that you like, feel free. So from there, you're going to have two to four sources for protein, two to four sources for carbs, two to four sources for fats, and then you're going to have some veggies. So you're going to choose all of these easy enough, right? Now we can plug these into what combinations do you like per meal? So I have a template the clients work through from here. Okay. Here is for breakfast. Like here's a protein source I like. I would like that paired with this carb source and ooh, maybe I'll add this fat source here. Now, depending on the client, we'll drop like, okay, maybe this client doesn't have as many fat sources or this client doesn't have as many carb sources depending on the preferences. But from there, very simply, just by looking at your choices for protein sources, carb sources, fat sources, we can easily pair up like, okay, I like ground beef and maybe with some rice, avocado, and for seasoning, I'll add taco seasoning and on the side, I'll have some peppers and I'll blend all this together. So when you see it laid out like this, it's very, very easy to create like, oh, okay, there's a dope like little Mexican style bowl. That sounds good. So from there, you quickly have three to six meals that are kind of your foundational meals through the week. So now I have clients plug this all into my fitness pal. Now, this is a little bit more work up front the first time you do this. No lie, it probably takes people about 30 to 40 minutes to do this. But from there, literally every time you meal prep from now on, it's so easy. It takes very little time because you just have to do all this work up front once. So from here, you know exactly what you need to eat by plugging into my fitness pal for the week. You know what quantities you need as well. So then you just go hit the store and then it's just the cooking. So I would try to batch cook as many protein sources as possible. So like throwing things in the crock pot is a really, really easy way to do this. I really like a roast of pork tenderloin in the crock pot. Super easy, low calorie, high protein. The grill is hella easy. Also, you can throw some chicken breast on there. You can throw some lean cuts of steak on there. You can even make up lean burger patties on there. Air fryers are crazy easy, or you can just throw a bunch of stuff on the oven sheet. From there, Honestly, it's pretty simple. You have your protein sources and also cook as many of your carb sources ahead of time as well. So like for me, I eat a lot of rice, so I'll cook like five servings of rice and bag them up for the week. Same thing if I'm going to cook up like some sweet potatoes and really your protein sources and your carb sources are all you need to cook ahead of time. Your fat sources, you often don't because most of your fats, many times some of your fat will come with your protein source as well. So like if you're eating a fattier steak cut, for example, or like eggs, but if you're going to have something like, let's say turkey bacon, which would actually be a protein source. So that's a bad example, but if you're going to work in like some regular bacon into your, into your day, then like, okay, maybe you won't prep that ahead of time as a fat source. But outside of that, like most things like avocados, nuts, oils, peanut butter, those you're not going to need to prep ahead. So from there, it's pretty simple. You can just build your meals. Like we talked about using this strategy, you already have a good idea of what your meals are going to look like because we've already paired all these different macros ahead of time. So truly this makes it pretty simple for most people. What I tell clients when in doubt for all your meals, 
just have at least one protein source that is about 25 to 50 grams of protein, add a veggie, add some type of spice, and then depending on your macros, you can add one carb source and or one fat source. It's super easy. Really, if you just take a little bit of time to plan all this out up front, like we just talked about, after this, it will all be so much easier. And that is all we have for the Q&A today. So before I let you go, do me two huge favors. Well, do me one favor and do yourself one favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, share this to Instagram. Take a screenshot of your screen right now, share it to Instagram and tag me. I want to connect with you and together we're really growing the reach of this podcast by you sharing this. That helps tremendously. That helps me help more people. Second, if you haven't done so already, hit the link in the show notes to download your free copy of the lifestyle diet. This is your guide to building a lean, strong body and creating sustainable results with a flexible nutrition strategy based off of everything I've learned about helping my clients build a flexible nutritional lifestyle off of my last six years of coaching. So again, that is 100% free. The link is in the show notes. And that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in.